Welcome to the Prospect Podcast, sports fans. I'm the Jew, and I'm here with the Greek. We're back together. We're reunited. Once again, Don Sikorsky out of town, making movie magic or something somewhere. So he's left the responsibility to us. That's fine. We, we can rise to the task. As with the last time we did this, the Greek has already prepared a list of questions for me to ask him. If uh, anybody did not hear the first time around we got together, I had declared my complete lack of sports knowledge, forcing the Greek to actually have to not only answer the questions, but write them so that we could have something to talk about. So we're going to get into some stuff. Uh, we're probably going to talk about the NBA finals. Obviously, that's uh, topical. It's current. Even I know who's playing. We always have the Greek to shepherd us with his sports acumen. So let's let's get going. Prospect. Welcome, Greek. Thank you. Glad to be back. Glad to be back. It seems that this is really becoming your show more than anyone else's, as far as I can tell. I don't want to step on Sikorsky's toes. Uh, this is his his brainchild. So we'll just call me like uh, kind of like it for those of you that are uh, old like myself and and the Jew. Uh, you probably remember back in the Tonight Show days when Johnny Carson started uh smelling the roses so to say uh you know enjoying life a little bit more and he would have a a stable of guest hosts like gary shandling jay leno people like that i consider myself kind of a a stand-in host for sikorsky a a a talented stand-in host but not the actual host so i will uh i will do my best to carry the water for our absentee uh absentee show host today Awesome. Well, thank you for that. I uh, honestly, I think he's just a little intimidated by you, to be honest. <laughs> I, I do. I think that, you know, you notice he doesn't like really take you to task when you guys are on the show together. He kind of just lobs these questions at you. I think that, uh, you know, I'd like to see uh, maybe a little little sports brawl next time. But anyway, before we focus on the court, big news dropped late last night about the recently fired coach of the Phoenix Suns, Monty Williams. Listen, I'm not even a sports guy, and I like Monty Williams. He just seems like a really nice guy. So, you know, you have an intimate uh, knowledge of all this stuff. You tell me, what are your thoughts about Monty taking the Pistons job and becoming the highest paid coach in the NBA? I can just quickly say, good for him. Mazel, mazel. Yes, I'm thrilled for Monty Williams. I, I, I was... As stated uh, in the episode in which I appeared right after everything went to shit for the Phoenix Suns, I thought Monty Williams was made out to be the fall guy. I didn't necessarily agree with the way his firing was handled. And like I said back then, I will say again, I think Monty Williams is probably the best human being to ever hold the position of head coach with the Phoenix Suns. When Monty Williams took over the Phoenix Suns, we had just come off a season where we won 19 games and had the worst record in the league. In the four seasons that followed, uh, we went from 19 wins to a respectable team that missed the playoffs by um, a last second jumper in the play-in game. And the season after that, we were in the NBA Finals. The season after that, we had the best record in the NBA by a large, large margin. 
and everything started to collapse after the Suns collapsed in Game 7 against Dallas uh, the season before this. So, I'm thrilled for Monty. I think Monty has landed in a great position, very similar to the position he was in when he took the Suns job. They're coming off a disastrous season, wins and loss-wise. Their best player missed most of the season with a foot injury. And Monty is great at molding young players and turning them into professionals. So I expect Detroit to improve quite rapidly. Wouldn't stun me if the Detroit Pistons go from winning 17 games this year to being a playoff team in the East next year. I am stunned by the numbers, the seven year, or what was it? Yeah, seven years. We'll have to edit this part, but I think it was a six-year contract for $72 million, although Shams, Sharamia, is reporting with uh, certain clauses. If they're hit, this contract could be worth as much as $100 million for Monty Williams over the next seven years. So I'm thrilled for Monty. Obviously, it's an overpay, um, but even the greatest coaches in the league, the Eric Spolsters of the world, the Greg Popoviches of the world, I'm sure thrilled for this this new contract that Monty just signed because all it does is bump up what their next contract negotiations are going to sound like. So I think it's a, a tip of the cap all around. Detroit Pistons went and got their guy. I think he's the perfect guy for the Pistons. Monty got paid. He's going to be making, you know, what, $13, $14 million a year over the next six years. So, uh, yeah, happiness all around. I'm glad Monty found a soft landing spot. Um, and everybody seems to be in a good spot except my Phoenix Suns, who are still looking for a head coach. So happy for everyone except my Phoenix Suns. Fair, fair. I mean, that's quite a number, right? Like, what did you say? A hundred million? It, the, it, according to Shams, who is Shams and Woj are the biggest news breakers in pro basketball. There are incentives and there's an option for a seventh year that could take this contract up to uh, the neighborhood of a hundred million dollars. Yeah, maybe maybe Monty is the first coach who gets his his own Nike sneaker. It would nothing would shock me at this point. Maybe nothing we got to call some me. people over at Nike and suggest <laughs> it and say, listen, it doesn't always have to be a player. Yeah, you know they they made a list yesterday of the highest paid players in the league and Monty Williams as a coach has now busted into the top 100 of uh, salaries in the NBA, which is truly unheard of for a pro coach. So again, great news for Monty Williams and his family. Congratulations. And I wish him nothing but the best. Gives old guys like us still a, uh, some hope that there's, you know, some value in being old. All right. Well, obviously with the NBA finals kicking off tonight, that will be a major topic for us. But before we discuss that, Give me the Greeks' breakdown of the conference finals in the East and West. Okay, well, why don't we start out West? Because that had uh, so much less drama. Uh, The Denver Nuggets steamrolled the L.A. Lakers, which made me incredibly happy as a professed Lakers hater. Uh, They have the best player in the world, the Joker. Their team really just, I mean, I know the games were somewhat close, at least a few of them were, but it was really just a dominant showing by the Denver Nuggets. And it was really just a continuation of everything the Nuggets have done since the playoffs started. I mean, you had the Joker in the first three rounds of the playoffs. In the first round against Minnesota, he dominates Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert. Second round, he dominates my guy, DeAndre Ayton. Conference finals, he dominates Anthony Davis. So 
Uh, Jokic has basically uh, taken four of the top eight to ten big men in the NBA out to the woodshed thus far. And uh, he's got one more challenge ahead of him with Bam Adebayo, which we'll get to in the finals preview. But incredibly impressive performance thus far by the Nuggets. They've only lost three games the entire playoffs. Uh, I look at them as heavy favorites going into this next series, which we'll get to. Uh, As far as the East, obviously a roller coaster. I mean, you had the Miami Heat win the first three games. The third game in Boston, they humiliated the Celtics. Uh, Apparently, as, uh, as I read some news that broke this morning, Uh, Wayne Grisbeck, I believe is how you pronounce his name, the owner of the Boston Celtics. Things were so bad after game three that he stormed into the Celtics locker room post game and screamed at his players to show some balls in this series. Uh, Whether it was that, whether it was the, uh, I know, uh, Al Horford arranging a trip to Top Golf for the entire team after they got humiliated in Game 3. Something clicked within the Boston Celtics. And Games 4, 5, and 6, they actually played like the Boston Celtics, the team that went to the NBA Finals last year. The team that was one of the two best teams in basketball all season this season. So you roll into Game 7, everybody, myself included, says Miami's cooked. It's over. It's going to be Boston and Denver in the finals. And lo and behold, in game seven, the Boston Celtics did a pretty impressive impersonation of the Phoenix Suns in game seven of last year's playoffs against the Dallas Mavericks. They pretty much embarrassed themselves. And I know people are going to say, well, Jason Tatum got hurt the first play of the game. That's true. But they still got smoked on their home court by a less talented team in game seven where the winner goes on to the NBA Finals. So pretty humiliating end to a pretty uneven playoffs for the Boston Celtics. Where they go from here is a great question that we'll get to, but uh, all props go to the Miami Heat. They they have shown themselves to be similar to uh, uh, Michael Myers in Halloween or any any boogeyman you can think of in movie history that just refuses to die. So tip of the cap to the Miami Heat, Boston Celtics, got a lot of decisions to make this offseason. I watched the playoffs myself, and uh, yeah, you know, I definitely, I have to say, I was I was rooting for Boston. I really felt like, you know what, they made a huge comeback, and I felt, you know, like I'm, I'm a romantic comedy guy. I want a happy ending. I wanted them to roll all the way through, but they just couldn't do it, and it was also very hard to watch on their own home court. You know, L.A., who cares, right? I'm with you. Um, Denver, God, that guy, the big guy, the Joker. The Joker. The Joker, man. How do you stop that guy? Like, by the way. You don't. Is there, okay, here I am going to try and be a sports guy. How do you stop that guy? That guy just seems like if he decides he wants to just go up the middle and score, he's going to score. Yeah, he's the best player in the world. There's no getting around it. I mean, the only reason he didn't win his third MVP in a row a month ago was quite honestly, I think, voter fatigue. I think if he hadn't won the last two MVPs, uh, voters would have given him the award again this year. I think... Joker being, I, I, I don't know how much you follow who Joker is off the court, but he seems like he could truly care less about awards. And the last month of the regular season, 
Joker decided to rest up and get ready for the playoffs versus what Joel Embiid did out east for Philly, which was really try to put on an MVP push for the voters. So I think for three years in a row now, Joker's basically been the best player in basketball. There is no way to stop him because if you guard him one-on-one, like the Suns tried to do, he's just going to score whenever he wants. If you double-team him like the Lakers tried to do, he's a an incredible, probably the best passing big man in the history of basketball. So he's just going to pick you apart with pinpoint passes to his teammates and get everybody involved. There's really no way to stop Joker other than Joker just being cold in a game and missing shots. He's he's unguardable. Now that we are heading towards the finals, do you see any changes for the losers for Boston and L.A.? Do you foresee any changes in those ball clubs? Well, there's potentially massive changes. I mean... Starting with the Lakers, you have LeBron James right now saying he's not even sure if he's going to play basketball again. He's kind of dropping retirement hints. Uh, In my opinion, that's all a ruse, and that's his way of trying to pressure the Lakers into putting a better team around him. Problem is, I don't see how the Lakers can do that. Their most tradable assets are LeBron, who you're not going to trade, Anthony Davis, who you're probably not going to trade because in whatever trade Anthony Davis goes out, you are worsening your team. You're not bettering it. And their third most tradable asset, shockingly, is undrafted player Austin Reeves, who is a free agent. So he's not under contract next year. So you can't trade Austin Reeves. So the Lakers don't have a lot of avenues to improve their team. Um, I obviously think they need to improve their team if they're going to get over the hump. You've really got maybe one year, two years max to try to get another ring before LeBron walks away and goes into movie producing or whatever his next chosen field is. So the Lakers are in a bit of a spot. Boston has more options as far as improving their team. Uh, But there are a lot more questions with regards to Boston. I mean... After going out the way they went out this year, can you just bring back the same team next year and hope it goes better? Uh, Can you really fire your coach and go into next year with your third coach in three years? Do you break up Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, your two best players? Uh, Jalen Brown's up for a new contract. Do you pay him a supermax? I mean, there are a lot of question marks when it comes to the Boston Celtics. And I am, for one fascinated to see how it all shakes out. I think the Boston Celtics potentially could look a whole lot different next year. Um, Does that mean better? No. But uh, there are a lot of big decisions that the Boston Celtics organization needs to make this summer. All right. Well, let's get to the obvious today. Now on to the finals. And uh, what do you see as the key matchups? I just went on a soliloquy about the Joker and his skills. So you have to start there. The Joker is going up against Bam Adebayo, who is again falls in that top 10 big men in the league category like all the other big men that the Joker has dominated on his way to the finals. Uh, Bam's a very, very good player, a very good defensive player. That being said, I don't see any way Bam can stop the Joker. Uh, Bam's smaller than any of the other players that have gone up against Joker thus far. Um, And I... As great as Bam is, I don't think he's got a chance against Joker. That, to me, is where the series 
uh, rises and falls. If Bam can somehow find a way to slow Joker down, Miami might have a chance. I don't see it happening, but that's really where you have to start. The two guys in the middle. Then you have to go to the Jimmy Butler matchup. Whoever it is, Denver decides to put on Jimmy Butler. Whether it's Bruce Brown, whether it's Aaron Gordon, uh, they do not want to put Michael Porter Jr. on Jimmy Butler because that will just be an ugly, ugly matchup for the Denver Nuggets. And Mike Malone's way too smart a coach to put MPJ on Jimmy Butler. So those two matchups, I think, will decide the series. I think both teams are extremely deep. Both benches are extremely deep. They're not like the Suns or even the Celtics where they're so top heavy. Everything after their top few players is like falling off a cliff. These are two really deep teams with a lot of good players. Uh, But I would lean towards Denver as far as both the bench and those two vital matchups that we talked about. The Jimmy Butler matchup and the Joker Bam Adebayo matchup. So I... I think Denver is, uh, and and we also have to talk about the coaching matchup. I think these are two of the best coaches in the NBA. For my money, I think Eric Spolstra, Miami's coach, is the best coach in the NBA. The guy makes uh, a chicken salad out of chicken shit, and he's been doing this for years. I believe this is his sixth trip to the NBA Finals. I mean, the guy's a magician, and uh, he's an amazing, amazing coach. That being said, I do not want to shortchange Mike Malone, the coach of the Denver Nuggets. I think he has done a tremendous job. I think he's a tremendous motivator. He's a very good offensive tactician. Uh, So when you're talking about the coaching matchup, this is really as good as it gets. You have two of the brightest minds in pro basketball going head to head with each other for the chance to hold up that trophy at the end of this series. Anything about like the towel boys you want to talk? Is there a good towel, towel boy matchup? Boys, you know, water boy matchup. I no, mean, what other kind of know, matchups? We could talk about a couple of things. There's the <laughs> the Denver home court advantage, which is incredibly important because anybody who knows anything about what it's like to go into Denver to play the Nuggets with that altitude, it's a serious, serious home court advantage. Now, on the other hand, the Miami Heat home court advantage. Uh, or as we like to call it, the South Beach flu. Guys go into South Beach to play the Miami Heat. If there's an off night the night before a game, God knows what kind of trouble they're going to be getting into at Live or Story or any of the other nightclubs that that uh, are in South Beach. So hopefully, this being the NBA Finals, the Denver Nuggets will institute some sort of curfew on their players so that they don't show up on game day with uh, with the South Beach flu. I think that's a real home court advantage for the Heat. But it being in the NBA Finals, I would hope that the Miami Heat, or excuse me, the Denver Nuggets can hold off on partying in South Beach for two weeks until this series is over with. Warm weather, sunshine, champagne, tequila. It's going to be hard. But beautiful women. Beautiful women, of course. Yes, hopefully they're mature enough to stay away from the clubs until the NBA Finals is over. And then hell... Get a suite at the Fountain Blue and party in South Beach for the next month after that. But stay out of trouble for the next two weeks while you're playing in the NBA Finals. I like it. Um, All right, let's move on. What would a winning ring do for the legacies of Joker, Jimmy Butler, Spo, etc.? The headliners for each team. Well, I think you have to start with Joker. Winning a championship would 
put Joker into the all-time greats category. I mean, you're now talking about a two-time MVP who wins a championship. And let's be real, if the Denver Nuggets win the championship, there's a 99.9% chance that the NBA Finals MVP will be the Joker because he's the one that carries the majority of the water for them. So now Joker goes from being this amazing player, probably the best player in the world, to being put on that short list with guys like Shaq, Akeem, you know, the best of the best, the cream of the crop when it comes to big man in the history of basketball. So I think Joker winning a ring, he'd be the biggest winner from winning a championship. Jimmy Butler would go from being a, you know, an all-star level player, a guy who there's no question has always stepped up come playoff time. But Jimmy Butler winning a championship would elevate him into that superstar category where the the people like, I don't want to say LeBron or KD, because again, you're talking about historical greats, but he would jump into that category of uh, the true superstars in today's basketball. So I think Jimmy Butler would be the second biggest winner by winning a championship. Um, the third biggest winner, I think, would be Eric Spolstra. Because Eric Spolstra, like I said, I believe he's the best coach in basketball right now. And if Eric Spolstra goes and gets what, what would this be? His fourth championship ring as a coach. Now, once again, you have to put Eric Spolstra on that list with the Pat Riley's of the world, the Greg Popovich's of the world, where you're talking about, uh, you know, probably a top five coach in the history of pro basketball. So to me, those are the three that winning a championship would alter their legacies the most. Joker one, Butler two, Spo three. But those guys' legacies could be cemented by winning a championship this season. This is it. Get out your crystal ball. Okay. D- dust it off. Okay. Use all your Greek magic and give us your f- predictions for the finals. I want to preface this by saying... I picked against the Miami Heat in round one against the Milwaukee Bucks. I picked against the Miami Heat in round two against the New York Knicks. And I picked against the Miami Heat in round three against the Boston Celtics. So I am 0 for 3 picking against the Miami Heat. Now, most people would say, okay, I'm done making that mistake. Me, on the other hand, I'm not doubling down. I'm quadrupling down. The Denver Nuggets will beat the Miami Heat in the NBA Finals in five games. Five hard-fought games, but I believe maybe the Miami Heat get a game in the Finals against the Nuggets, who I feel are just a a much superior basketball team. And uh, the Denver Nuggets will be holding up the trophy in in less than a couple weeks. Uh, Like I said, I'm 0 for 3 thus far, uh, picking against Miami, so... I'm either going to look really smart in a couple weeks or I'm going to look like the biggest idiot on earth going a fourth straight time against a team that has burned me three times in the last month and a half. But I'm sticking to my guns. The Denver Nuggets will be the NBA champions. And a little side note, I believe when the finals are over with, we will look back at my Phoenix Suns giving the Denver Nuggets their toughest run on their way to an NBA championship. So that's my prediction. Tell you what, I'm with you on Denver, that's for sure. So I can't argue with you. I wish that uh, we had Donnie here. Donnie would probably at least give you a run for your money on that. But 
you know, that's for another show. It's for next week. That's for next week. We'll see how it all works out. So thank you listeners for enduring another episode of, of the prospect with me, the Jew. And thank you as always, the Greek. My pleasure. For your expertise, your poise, your nuance. We love it. <laughs> so thank you for that. And we'll be back next week. And who knows who's going to be on the mic, but we'll be back.